Welcome to the Wealthy Coach Podcast, where I teach you how to become wealthy AF in your business, your mindset, your coaching, and your life. I'm your host, Kendra Perry. I am a former functional health coach turned online business mentor for health coaches, practitioners, and professionals. I'm here to help you grow the online business of your dreams by teaching you the strategy, the tech, and by helping you cultivate the mindset you need to be a badass health entrepreneur. I'm blunt, I'm to the point, and I'll probably drop an F-bomb or two, so fasten your seatbelts and get ready to become wealthy AF. Hey, my friend, welcome back to the Wealthy Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Perry. And today it's Boxing Day. I don't know if that's a thing outside of Canada, but if you are a Boxing Day person, I hope you're getting all the fucking deals in the world. Funny enough, in the town that I live in, Boxing Day is like a crazy party day. I don't know why. It wasn't like that where I grew up. But Merry Christmas to anyone who just celebrated Christmas. I hope it was wonderful. I hope you ate lots of turkey and stuffing, and I hope you had a great time with friends and family. Today's episode, I want to reflect back on the year and tell you a little bit about the three big lessons that I learned this year that potentially will help you as well. This past year was a big growth year for my business. And I don't mean in terms of revenue. Yes, we did increase our revenue. But just for me personally, I learned a lot of things that I didn't expect to learn. I would actually consider the past year to be a very challenging year in my business. Lots of amazing things happened, but there were a lot of challenges. There were multiple times this past year where I wanted to burn my business to the ground. Now, Obviously, I would never do that. I'm not going to go get a fucking job or something, right? I would never do that. I would never have it any other way. Even on my hardest days in my business, I still would never want it to be any other way. But overall, it was a very challenging year. I felt stuck. I felt frustrated. I felt overwhelmed. I felt burnt out. I felt confused. I had a lot of emotions this year. It definitely wasn't a smooth year. But it's always the hard times where you really grow and you really evolve and you learn so much. So even though it was challenging, I am still very grateful for it. Now, the first lesson that I learned, this is going to come off a bit harsh, but let me explain. The first lesson is hire slow, fire fast. I know that sounds harsh, but let me just sort of break this down. Now, I never had a corporate job. I worked in forestry which mostly was me working in the bush either by myself or one other person. I've never had a normal job. I don't have experience like leading a team, delegating things. I've never really been a boss in any of my previous jobs. So I don't really have the skills in terms of hiring. I've really just figured it out as I went. And I never educated myself on hiring. And so when I hired, even though I did luck out and get some really great people along the way, had a lot of bad experience too. Now, the first thing I just want to say before I go into this is everyone has bad hiring experiences. Even if you do all the right things, you can still hire someone who's not the right fit. I see this a lot of time with coaches that they have one bad hiring experience and they're like, oh, can't do that. I just got to do it on my own. Just know that this is a part of the journey. And so typically when I hired in the past, I just did it off of vibe. 
I was like, you seem cool. Want to come work for me? I didn't have any strategy. I didn't educate myself on how to hire well. I was very ignorant of the process. And I think what this led to is me having a lot of contractors who were not the right fit. Especially, I've had a really hard time with my virtual assistant position. I really lucked out. I had the same virtual assistant for the couple years. And then I had another one for two years who was fantastic. But when she left, it's been quite challenging. And it's been a hard role to fill. I've had people ghost me, people like quit without notice. I've had to fire people. And trust me, firing is never fun. But essentially, with one position in my business, I hired someone as I usually do based on vibe and it went okay for a little while, but the performance went downhill pretty quickly. And this person started underperforming and I just didn't want to deal with it. And I would let them know when they messed up and just kindly be like, hey, but things weren't changing. And instead of really nipping it in the butt, I don't know if it's nipping it in the bud, nipping it in the butt. I say, but something tells me that's not right. Anyways. Just instead of dealing with it quickly, I just ignored it because I just didn't want to deal with it because I didn't know how to deal with it. I just don't like to be the person who's constantly telling people that they are doing a bad job. And so I let this go on. And what I would do instead of actually passing things over to this person, I would just do so many things myself. And I didn't realize it at the time, but it was really stressing me out. And I was incredibly stressed out. I was literally like waking up in the night, worrying that things weren't getting done And I was totally almost oblivious to it. I was just like not paying attention to that because I just didn't want to do it. Eventually, though, things got so bad that I did decide to sit down and have a serious talk with this contractor and try to very lovingly and kindly being like, hey, something going on. The performance has been really poor. What's going on? To just try to have a serious talk and remedy the problem. And as it turns out, this person had some personal stuff going on. And what I really tried to get across was like, hey, it's okay if you have personal stuff going on, but if you can't finish things, they still need to get done. So you need to communicate to the team that you need help. And this person was like, well, I have a really hard time asking for help. And I'm like, in this role, like that's something that you're going to have to get good at doing because stuff happens and it's fine, but these tasks and projects still need to get done. And so you need to communicate. Anyway, so whole thing ended up giving this person another chance and then things didn't get better. And again, I just didn't want to deal with it. And I was ignoring it because I just didn't want to deal. It's challenging. It's a lot of time and money to hire someone new. And so finally, a few things happened in a row where I really realized it like it was like I got slapped in the face with the truth. And I realized, okay, this is affecting deliverability of the programs. This is affecting our student experience. Like we're telling students they're going to get something and they're not because it's not getting done. And that's a big deal for a business. So it really slapped me in the face really hard. And I realized I had to let this person go. And that was horrible. But if I had hired a little better, not just based off of vibe, if I had taken my time to really ask the right questions and interview someone properly, I probably would never have had this person like work for the company. So this is this whole concept of hiring slow, firing fast, because this whole thing was about a year. It was about a year of poor performance before I finally decided that there was nothing else I could do. I'd had multiple conversations and it just wasn't going to work. And Really, I should have dealt with that a lot sooner. And so what I learned about hiring is you need to be very intentional. You need to give a lot of description in a job detail and ask really specific questions. Here's a little hack that I've learned about hiring that really is very genius. So when you put out your job posting, for example, let's say one of the qualities that you want to hire for is attention for detail. And obviously, if you have a virtual assistant, 
who's doing all these little administrative tasks, you want them to have a really strong attention for detail. And so what you could do is in the bottom of your job posting, you could say, if you are interested in this job, send an email with these things and put this in the subject line. So for example, I would put, I'm a badass virtual assistant. That would be what I would tell them to put in the subject line and then have them do a little fact finding mission. And so I would say, and let me know who won season 17 of The Bachelor. That's actually what I put in it because I know it's not related to business, but what this does is it actually weeds out the people who don't actually have an attention for detail because they're going to miss that entirely. And then they don't have an attention for detail, but the people who do are going to put the proper word in the subject line and they're going to tell you who won season 17 of The Bachelor, right? Okay. So that's just a little hack with hiring, like really making sure you're asking the right questions and you're hiring for qualities over skills because skills can always be trained, but qualities are qualities, right? And if someone's quality doesn't line up with your brand values, then it's not going to work. So something else I've started doing in my job postings is actually be really clear about who I am because I'm someone who is a little disorganized. I'm all over the map. I have a lot of ideas and I change things often. And so I actually put that into my job posting. Now I let people know like the CEO who you will be working with is has a lot of ideas. She likes to try new things and she's always changing things. And so the ideal candidate will need to be able to shift gears quickly. And if you don't like, that's cool. This isn't the job for you. So being really clear about what it's like to work with me so that we actually get people into the role who can handle my energy, right? Now, that's something I learned about hiring. So that's that whole concept of hiring slow. Now, when we talk about firing fast, I know that sounds really harsh, but what that means is that you have to be really proactive really quickly when people are underperforming. Now, what I will say, a lot of times why you are not happy with the performance of a contractor is usually due to communication and expectations. So you weren't clear enough with expectations, right? You didn't give the person enough direction. That's a really big part. And that's something I learned earlier on in my business that I couldn't just expect people to read my mind. I had to be really clear with how I wanted things done. So what I should have done in this situation with my previous virtual assistant is as soon as I noticed the performance going downhill, I should have booked a call immediately and just said, hey, I've noticed that your performance is has been poor. Is something going on? Is there some way we can support you? What can we do to fix this? And then given it like, I really need to things see things improve in the next 30 days or two weeks or whatever it was. And then if things didn't improve, I would put that person on a performance improvement plan. So a 30-day performance improvement plan, it would be in writing and it would say, this is what's going wrong and this is what we need to change. And this is the timeline that we need to see it change in. Otherwise, you won't be with the company anymore. And the purpose of that is like you're being really proactive when performance is poor because what I may have learned, just I don't know if I would have learned this. I'm just using an example. But maybe if I'd had the conversation immediately, maybe what I would have learned is that she was unclear with how to do certain tasks or she wasn't sure what was expected of her or she felt like she didn't understand what's like when it was done. So maybe what that would have done is uncovered some deficiencies in our processes and systems, right? And maybe there was something we could have put in place to make it easier for her, for example, or whatever it was. And then with the performance improvement plan, it would have been really clear that, hey, this is where you're messing up. This is what we need to see going right. And this is the time frame we want to see improvement in. 
And then it's really clear so that if you do have to let someone go, it's not a surprise. Like you've had these multiple conversations and it happens quickly. So that's what I mean when I say fire fast. It's not, oh, let's just ax them and not give people chances because I'm a really empathetic and compassionate person and I want people to succeed, but I'm also running a business. My students are my number one priority. And if the business is going to suffer because of someone working for me, obviously they can't work for the business. So that was a really big lesson that I learned actually multiple times. I learned that multiple times this year. And I think this will continue to be a challenge for me because there's still so much I have to learn with hiring and leading a team and delegating because I'm new to this, right? And so I am a work in progress when it comes to this. Now, the second big lesson that I learned, which was a harsh lesson. And I think I started to learn this lesson last year, but it really became clear to me this year. And that is paid advertising is not a silver bullet. So a lot of people think, well, if I just have the money to invest in paid ads, my business will explode. And I think paid ads are a really great tool, but they are not a silver bullet and they won't necessarily fix your business or get you the traffic that you're looking for. So the vast majority of my business growth and success has been with organic marketing. And that just means free marketing. I've basically grown my business to over half a million a year with social media, email marketing, collaborations, things like podcast interviews, that sort of thing. And I've dabbled in and out of ads the entire length of my business, but I've never really committed to seriously running them because my results were always patchy. And so I've never really used them as a big part of my marketing really until this year. So last year, I started working with a Facebook ads agency and it really didn't go well. They didn't get me good results. And so eventually I stopped working with them. Although, let me tell you, I worked with them way longer than I should have and lost myself a ton of money. So that goes back to the first lesson of hire slow, fire fast, right? Now, this year, I actually found a new ads manager who's very good, great communication, gets good leads, that sort of thing. And I really started investing this year quite a bit of money into paid ads. And I thought, because my stuff works so well organically, my marketing work brings me all these amazing people into my business. I thought it would be simple to just turn on some ads, put a significant budget behind it, and it would grow my program quickly. And that is not the experience I've had. Had a lot of issues with ads. We have had all kinds of different funnels and we've managed to bring in good leads onto my list, but I've had a really hard time converting them into new HCA clients. And that surprised me (laughs) because I have no problem. If you find me through Instagram and you download one of my freebies and come onto my list, it's relatively easy for me to get you to become an HCA student. But The thing is there is a huge difference between warm and cold traffic. It's like night and day. And what I mean by that is the people who've come onto my email list, who find me through Instagram and YouTube and whatever, they are warm, meaning that they already can trust me. So they're already a warmer audience. So it's really significantly easier to get them into a position where they actually want to invest in one of my offers. Whereas cold people. So the people that we pull from ads are cold, meaning that they don't know anything about me. They've never experienced my personality, my philosophy, my vibe. I am literally just some talking head on the internet who they're probably worried is going to try to scam them, right? I'm just some person on some marketer on the internet, right? And so 
that type of person, you have to do have a totally different strategy for warming them up and getting them ready to buy. And I'll be totally honest, I have not figured that out yet. In fact, I have gotten 2000 new people on my email list this year from paid advertising and almost none of them. I think there's maybe like a small handful that have actually become clients. So what I've learned is that Facebook ads are not the silver bullet. They're not just going to fix everything. They're not just going to grow your business. Like You actually have to learn how to warm up and bring those cold people through the journey and get them from warm to hot. And I still haven't figured it out. And when I do, I'll absolutely share it with you and I'll probably build it into my program. But I am still figuring that out. And so I really thought ads were going to be the thing that helped me grow. And in the end, the most successful thing I've done this year was actually my virtual summit. I actually brought a thousand new people onto my email list with my virtual summit. I made really great relationships with other coaches and experts online. Everyone loved it. It was super fun. And that was totally free. Yes, a lot of work went into it, but it was organic and it was free marketing. And that had way more impact on my business than any of the ads that I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on this year. So it's just really interesting. So it's a good lesson for you because a lot of people just think, oh, I just need ads and that I'll explode. And it takes time and it's also a process. So that was a very big lesson for me this year as well. Now, the third lesson was actually letting go of control. It's a big one. So I did an episode about a year ago on my journey with Cambo, which is a frog medicine. And I don't remember what episode that is, but if you just search the feed Cambo, which is K-A-M-B-O, you'll find that episode where I talked about my experience. And it was actually a really profound experience. Essentially with the frog medicine, they put it on your skin and it goes into your bloodstream and it doubles as a detox. It really cleans out your body. It injects a bunch of these amazing peptides. They call it the warrior medicine. Back in the or in the Amazon, some of the indigenous communities there would use it before they went hunting so that they could get this crazy strength. And the whole experience of Cambo is very unpleasant. It's definitely one of the most unpleasant experiences ever. You feel so sick. You vomit a lot. It's pretty crazy. But then the days after, I just felt amazing. And I would love to do it again. It's just really hard for me to wrap my mind around putting myself through that again. But the effects of it were so amazing. But one of the big things I was shown during the... I did three in a week. And one of the things I was shown was that I was holding on to everything. And I don't quite know how to describe it because you don't hallucinate with Cambo. It's more of like shamanic, like spiritual medicine. You you get very delirious and sometimes you get a bit of visuals, but it's not like ayahuasca or mushrooms. You totally trip out. But I just remember in this one, the integration at the end when I was lying on the floor and they were playing the music, it's like I saw myself and I saw everything I was holding on to. My body was being crushed by the weight of it, just crushed. And I could see it all. And I couldn't see it all individually, but I could see it all as this one huge mass of everything that I've been dragging with me through life. And so I realized that I needed to learn how to let go of control and where that ended up showing up for me was in my business. So I started working with Rick Mulready. He's an amazing business coach. I'm in his mastermind program this year and I love it. I think I would not have survived this year without that program. But when I first started working with him, he gets you to do a time audit. So he wants you to audit all your time and just see where you're spending your time. I don't see any huge red flags, but you have a lot of tasks in here where you're actually delegating. And I thought you had an online business manager. Like That's actually what your OBM is supposed to do. 
And I've always prided myself on not micromanaging. I thought like I had let go of control. And just in case you don't know, an online business manager is someone who manages the day-to-day in your business, right? They, You can essentially go to your online business manager and say, hey, I want to launch this program. This is why. And this is when I want it to happen. And they'll go make it all happen, right? Like they'll delegate everything that needs to get done to different people in your business. And even me, she would come to me and be like, okay, Kendra, we need you to write these emails or whatever. I realized that I've been holding on to so much control in my business. And I had literally hired someone to take over control. And I was micromanaging all the projects and all the contractors. And so that was a really big realization for me. And it just was was about a month after I did Cambo. And so I was like, wow, this is a part of it. This is a piece of the thing I've been dragging is just holding on to all these things that I need to control in my business. And so I remember I Elise is my online business manager. She's amazing. And I got on a meeting with her and I just said, hey, like I realized that I've been micromanaging and I just really want to empower you to do what you're good at and to do what I hired you to do. And I remember she was like, yes, great. This is awesome. It was like she was just waiting for me to say that. And it won't say that it just everything just happened overnight because it didn't. It's been a process. It's hard to let go. And sometimes I do feel a lot of anxiety. And sometimes I do freak out and have to get in there and get my hands in it. So it's definitely a journey of letting go. But I can tell you that this year I felt so much lighter than last year. I feel like I've let a lot go and I'm still trying to let go. And it's been interesting because I just hired a new coach for Health Coach Accelerator. Her name's Claudia and she's a very successful health coach. I'm very excited to have her help me support my students inside the program. And I always feel like, oh, my business is so disorganized. I'm such a hot mess. Like I just have this feeling of being a hot mess all the time. And she went through our onboarding and she was like, wow, your business is so organized. Like, I can't even believe this. And I was like, it is. And like, it was like something I really needed to hear because I think I always have this feeling like things are so disorganized and that's what makes me go crazy and want to get my fingers and everything. But hearing that kind of freed me a little bit because I'm like, what if things are actually organized. And what if I shifted my thought process on that? Instead of saying, I'm a hot mess, this is so disorganized. What if I just said, I have an organized business and we're always organizing more and we're always working towards being more organized. And so I'm really working with that shift in my head right now. And I feel like a huge weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. A big part of growing and scaling your business is letting go of control. Because if you can't delegate, then you will not be able to move your business forward because you can't do everything. And when you try to do everything, it doesn't work and you get stuck in the day-to-day and you don't do the things that matter in your business. And so the lesson is to delegate, to let go of control and to delegate. That's my lesson for you. And that's the homework I want to give to you. Go hire someone to help you. And we have this perception that we need to be making money to spend money. And I think it's bullshit because I think you can get a contractor at a budget you can afford. And maybe it's just something as simple as scheduling your social media every month. Imagine you could just make your social media and not have to schedule it. Like how amazing would that be? And you can literally find someone to do that over on the other side of the world where the exchange rate actually is a good wage for someone for like $10 an hour. And maybe it takes three hours a month for them to schedule your content, 30 bucks a month. And I'm sorry, if you can't afford 30 bucks a month, then you really have no business being in business, in my opinion, because that three hours 
could be an afternoon off, right? It could be time to just chill. It could be time for you to make more content. You could run a training, right? You could send out an extra email every week. You could make a webinar, right? Just think about that. And so my journey right now is just really just letting go of control and delegating as many things as I possibly can. So those were the big lessons I learned this year. It's been a year. It's been a year, my friend, but I am very optimistic for 2023. I think these lessons are really going to serve me going into the new year. So I'm very excited. And I would love to know what have you learned this year? Feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram. Uh, My handle is at Kendra Perry Inc. It's at Kendra Perry Inc. And I would love to know what was the big lesson that you learned this year? Let's talk about it. I would love to connect with you. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I always appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me. And I will see you next Monday, same time, same place, where I help you become wealthy AF.